to it just to, I think we all would give an amen to the, this weekend, how great it was. And it's been a tremendous weekend, and I pray today that we will continue, you know, just keep building and adding upon that. Uh, this morning's wave introduction, I'd like to go to the, the 67th Psalm. And uh, this, is a, <clears throat> this is a psalm where, you know, I, I like how, you know, in Bible, you know, they kind of give you a title at the top of the psalm sometimes, you know, to give you, give you some thoughts on what it's about. And uh, in my Bible, it stuck out to me, it says, this is a, a prayer for the enlargement of God's kingdom. And uh, as we, you know, if you didn't know, if you were here yesterday, and blessed to hear uh, Brother Chris, he spoke a lot about that kingdom and how that, that kingdom is a representation of the church and of God's people and body of believers. And uh, here David is, uh, he is praying and, I th- and, uh, and, and giving us you know, the way that the, the kingdom grows, that the, that the church grows. And uh, it's very important, I believe, with, uh, with where, he, where he, uh, he says it begins, where it all starts with. He says, God be merciful unto us. And bless us, and cause His face to to shine upon us. Now that that He, you know, if we want to know uh, what that He is, I think we can get that answer in the uh, book of Second Corinthians, in the uh, fourth chapter, in the sixth verse. It says, "For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face." Of Jesus Christ, uh, so it begins with a uh, with growth of the church and growth within us. It, it begins with Christ. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin can pour as much water as he can up here uh, upon us, but you know, just like a just like a plant, uh, if there's no sunlight, if we're just in darkness and just <clears throat> pouring water, uh, nothing will grow. Amen. Nothing will grow at all. So you know, it's important that he begins with uh, Jesus Christ, and that's where that's where we start. Uh, you know, it, it said that he is the the chief cornerstone uh, of the church, Amen. and that we are considered a lively stones. You know, we're, we're stones ourselves, but we uh, we have we are nothing without that that cornerstone that we build upon. In the second verse, he says that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving hill uh, among all nations. You know, that's what that's what we do here today. We proclaim uh, we pro- we proclaim uh, God's way. We, pro- we proclaim uh, God's uh, salvation, Amen. and uh, you know his, his salvation. Uh, it, it's the same as you know in the Old Testament as in the New Testament. Uh, this was the so you know this message that David is saying. You know he it, it was pertinent to them as it is to us because it's the same way. It is a uh, salvation uh, through Christ and by Him alone, and uh, that is the message that you know we should proclaim as we're here and make known to a. You know God's children to the God's people, mm-hmm. and uh, now this next verse here, he repeats it twice. He repeats it in verse three and in verse five to show this is very important of why we're here. This is very important of uh, what we do while we're here for growth. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people uh, praise thee, and he repeats it again in verse five. Uh, to, to show, you know, usually when you when you repeat something, it's it's to show how how important it is, how crucial that piece is. You know, that we have we can never uh, forget that you know the we're not here for us today. Amen. We're not here to to lift ourselves up. We're not here to lift to lift brother Kevin up. We're here to lift Christ up. We're here to praise Christ. Yes. And that's something that uh, for growth, you know, David is saying that's that, that's important. That, that's important to remember. And uh, he says, "Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously, and govern the nations uh, upon earth." You know, we should we should pray earnestly for Christ to lead us, Christ to lead us uh, as a people. You know, as a, as you know, as God's children, you know, we are you know we're a nation, you know, of, of Christ's people. That's right. And we should pray uh, as a church for uh, Christ to lead us. You know, that was uh, what I like. Brother Chris brought out yesterday was how it says in the in the Bible, you know, the I can't remember the verse exactly. It says, you know, the the Bible is the ultimate rule in faith and practice. That, that's, uh, you know, we, we should uh, go to Christ for how to lead us. If, you know, if we're not unsure of what to do, uh, to go to Christ as the, as his people. I already, you know, spoke about verse 5, the, the importance of praise. 
And then he says of what will happen uh, when we do these things. Then shall the earth uh, yield her increase. Uh, increase, uh, if you look at you know, that, that word can also mean uh, yield her fruit. You know, we bring, uh, if, we, uh, if we are earnest in our, our worship of Christ, then uh, we'll bring forth fruit. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that fruit may be uh, in, a, in a, you know, the fruits of our actions, you know, but that fruit may be uh, bringing a children of God into the church, you know, bringing forth fruit that way as well. In uh, in First Corinthians, uh, the third chapter, I think he also speaks about uh, a fruit when he talks about increase. When when Paul is uh, preaching to the Corinthians here, you know, they're very much. Uh, I think it's really all about the, the preacher. They're, they're praising the preachers more than God. And Paul here is uh, correcting them. He says in the fifth verse, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gives the fruit. We, do not get, we can't give fruits. So God can give fruits. We can't do that. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the, the increase. And that's, a, and, and that's, where it, that's where it begins is with Christ, and where it ends is with Christ. And then he says, God shall bless us, as all the ends of the earth shall fear him. So I, uh, I pray that you know, we may be in constant prayer that the Lord will continue to bless us to, to bear fruit in his kingdom. Thank you. I give a hearty amen. That was well said. Uh, grateful to, uh, to Brother Cole's comments this morning. They're uh, directly in line with what's on my mind and somewhat of the same theme that Brother Chris was preaching on this weekend. And, uh, you know, the there's, there's a little term in the scriptures that... Uh, that is repeated on, on several occasions and in a different different lights. You know, we, we can understand what the Bible is speaking of. And it is the Bible is a is the only rule of faith and practice. Not only does it teach us where our faith, our God given faith. Now faith is not a work of the flesh. You can't produce it. Uh, and it doesn't come. That is the grace of faith does not come whenever you desire it to come. It's given by God in the new birth, and then everything in the Bible can make sense to you after that. But that faith has to be directed to its object. Jesus is the author and finisher of it. So, the, so that the faith that God gives is directed straight to the object of it when it comes to our faith in Christ for salvation. We don't believe that a man is saved in any other way or a woman than by, by the very uh, sovereign choice that God has made for his people and those very people being given to the Son of God and the Son of God bearing their sins, the Spirit of God applying that to their hearts in the new birth, that same Son of God coming back and resurrecting them in the last day. That, it, that is the faith of the old Baptist people. But it's also a, the, the rule of our practice. It governs how we worship. And even while we worship, uh, it is in here is you'll find every every uh, needed direction, correction, instruction, admonishment, joy, and even hard things. You know, the Lord spake of hard things that that even His disciples said these are hard sayings. You know, who can hear them? And it says many of His disciples walk no more with Him. And there's a lot of folks that don't walk with the Lord because of the hard sayings of the Bible. But I've never found God to adjust His Word to Lofton. And, I, you know, I've tried it. And, it, and I, it never has worked. And it never will. I have found that my subjection is to God. And God is not subject to me. There is a, you know, there's, there's something called subordination. And, and, and our TVA world... If you didn't follow the the rules of TVA, you could have got you could have gotten fired 
by insubordination. And there are people on the construction in the, in the construction life that they wouldn't show up for work. You know, they, they just wouldn't show up. They you know they drink too much, and they might be gone for for three or four days. And the, and the foremans will have a little compassion on them and encourage them, and they continued on and on and on doing this, and then eventually lost their job for insubordination because their higher authority tells them, I pay you for being here. And they, and they, and they wasn't there. So, they had, so the, the higher authority said, now you're going you know, to lose your job. So, so I have found personally in my life that I am a subordinate to God. He's the ordinate. I am the subordinate. And, uh, and, and what Cole was speaking of in the 67th Psalm uh, about the kingdom of God and, and how the kingdom grows and how God blesses the church on this earth and causes the increase. And that the, and that the fruit that is born comes from us. All right? but, but the fruit cannot be born unless we're made to bear it. So Jesus says the tree has to be made good before it can bear, bear good fruit. Now a corrupt tree cannot do it. It has no desire to do it. It, it will not do it. It may have a may have a likeness to do it, but it but it doesn't. There's nothing in it that can bear fruit to God. So so as the as the terms in the Bible are given and, and, and this Bible is a rule of faith and practice governs what we believe and how we believe, what, what, how we worship, why we worship, and when we worship. Uh, <clears throat> there's a term in there that said, that's called continue. And uh, I thought this weekend when Brother Chris was, was preaching, you know, he talked about the, uh, yesterday, spoke about the king that, that started the downward spiral of his family. Remember he said this, this king didn't worship God correctly and then his son was not a churchgoer and then the grandson was a absolute rebel uh, and that that it affects the way that our generations below us worship and what we do here affects the way the generations after us is going to worship now continuing in something Will it, it is the only way to 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 thwart off what Brother Chris preached about yesterday. Now, and when we think about God, uh, there are things God continues in that if He didn't, we would complain about. Right? We we would. Now that we know. There are things about God, but that God... Now listen, God cannot help but continue in certain things. All right? There is a, there is a work, Paul says in the book of Philippians, being confident of this. One thing, that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it or continue it until the day of Christ. There, there are certain things God's going to continue for His own glory's sake. And saving His people is one of them. Now... If, uh, if we were to think, though, that God would not continue to cause the sun to shine. So what, what if God all of a sudden just darkened the sun? I think in about eight minutes, the last beam of light would hit the earth. I think that's what the scientists say from the, from the distance. At the speed of light, in about eight minutes, we'd run out of daylight. And, they, and then things would start dying. Now, how many of us would complain to God and start begging to God and we, and we would... We would talk about why, why is this happening? Why, why don't God cause this sun to shine? Uh, why, why are we like suffering because God has, has hid the sun? Um, or listen, like I complain about no rain. I mean, me and Bob was talking yesterday, we've had a half inch of rain in six weeks. In six weeks, have been a half inch of rain that's fallen in our areas. The, the, the crops and the corn around our areas are, are awful. You know, and, and uh, it, it's, it's just dry as a bone. Um, we are we can we have a as, as sinners <laughs> we have a common problem and that is we are murmurers and complainers 
sometimes we don't look at the root of the problem. Sometimes God withholds and does things because of us. Sometimes God will shut the windows. Sometimes, and I start thinking about myself. So, you know, I tell gender sometimes, and I say it in fun, but, you know, I really kind of mean it. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, uh, when Jonah was given a commandment of God to go and preach to the Ninevites, God didn't ask him to. He didn't, he didn't say, it, it, you know, God didn't say, if you don't mind, Jonah, would you, mind, would you go preach to them? I'd appreciate it very much. If you don't want to, it's okay. God commanded Jonah to go to the Ninevites to preach to this people. All right? What did Jonah do? Jonah tried to run from God. And every time that Jonah tried to run from God, Jonah went down. Jonah says he went down to Tarshish, went down into the ship, and then went down into the whale's belly. When you run from God, that's where you're going. You're going down every time. All right? Well, while Jonah was in the boat, God caused a storm. I mean, this big storm was right, and the people in the boat didn't know why. They didn't know why this storm... They were scared to death that this raging sea... Here I am in a boat and miss this raging sea, and when we're going to perish, and Jonah says, throw me overboard. You get rid of me, you're going to get rid of your problem. And I have felt that way. And they did. They threw, they threw Jonah right overboard, and God prepared the fish. Guess what? The waters became still, and those people worshipped the God of Jonah. I mean, that's, that's amazing stuff. So, so sometimes God withholds, and, and sometimes God punishes because, because of us. I mean, that, that's, that's scriptural. That, that's, that's in the Bible. That's, that's a rule of faith and practice. Uh, now, when it comes to the gospel kingdom... And, uh, and, and what was talked about yesterday, I want, I want to show us a way to divert the, the, the corrections of God. I want to show you there is a benefit. There's a benefit of continuance in serving God. Now, now the benefits, we don't get to choose them. We don't get to choose them. Uh, but they, they, are, they are set and sound, and they will not change. It is up to us to, 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 uh, to ascribe a value to them. Is it worth it? You know, there's a, <laughs> if, you, if you're a good Bible reader, you know, when God... God uh, when he instructs a, a people and he gives out commandments and he said, if you do this, which if it's something wrong, uh, he says, you shall be judged. But you ever notice that God does not tell us what he's going to do? There's, there are rare occasions. But a lot of times it's after it was done. God didn't tell David that if you commit adultery and put, put this woman's husband on the front line of the hottest battle, I'm taking your firstborn child. Now, if God would have told David that, do you think David would have done it? No. Would David, um, you know, without, without knowing what God's going to do? Because what would we do? We would evaluate the punishment. If we're doing something that's contrary to God's will, and we know it's contrary to God's will, and God just says, well... If you continue in this, all I'm going to do is this. And you, and you, evaluate, you, you will evaluate the punishment. And you think, that's not that bad. I think I'll continue on in it. Or if God says, if you continue doing this, this is your plan. What if it's taking your life? What if it's taking one of your children's life? What if God says, if you continue in this, I'm going to take your life. It's going to end too soon. You say, that's not scriptural. Yes, it is. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon says... Be not over wicked, neither be thou foolish, for why would you die before your time? Why would you die before your time? <clears throat> we understand that God, uh, in the proverb, Jesus Christ called, called, uh, called a certain man a fool. Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose things are these going to be that you have accumulated? 
You know, so is a man that is rich in this world and is not rich toward God. There's a key. The, the thing we have to be rich toward, first and foremost, is God. So God does not tell us what He's going to do to us, or we would be silly enough to evaluate it. I would, and you would too. As, as, as if to say, it's not too bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of stick with this, because if that's all God's going to do to me, if He's going to just hide His face a little bit, if I'm not going to get the comforts of Christ, I am okay with that. But I still get to go to heaven. I still get to live like I want to. So God doesn't tell us because God doesn't want us to know. It only, we, in fact, when it happens, you'll probably not even consider that this is a punishment of God. The, problem, the thing for us is repentance. What changes this is that God commands us to repent from our sins. That is, don't do them. So when Christ, when Christ gave the, uh, the man who was 38 years, 38 years, a certain man could not walk, was lame on his feet, and nobody would take him to the water. Remember when the, when the pools were troubled and everybody would step down before him and the Son of God healed that man. 38 years, this man was sitting there, lame on his feet. The Son of God told him, you go and you sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Didn't tell him what it's going to be. Lest a worse thing come upon you. You think, what's worse than being crippled for 38 years sitting outside waiting for somebody to put me in the waters? I don't know. That's not, that's not my business. That, but that is God's business. Listen, I, I, it's not good to rise up against God and say, bring it on. I'm going to stick with what I'm doing. It is, it is not a wise person that does that. So, so what keeps us out of those things is a word called continuance. Continue. But what do we continue in? What are we, go, what are we going to continue in? So, so first of all, we have to, have, we, we have to establish a, a place uh, that, that Christ gives us. All right? Now, everything comes from Christ that is needed for this kingdom and this church. For you. For every child of God... This, is, this doesn't change. This doesn't change for any child of God. So when, in the 15th chapter of, God, of, of John's Gospel, all right, listen to the words of Jesus Christ. Eighth verse. Now he's talking about bearing fruit, like Brother Cole talking about, bearing fruit. You are created to do this, spiritually. This is what God created you to do, to bear fruit to Him. You're, you are to be a... A voice, you're also to be an example. You're to be everything that God created you to be. And we, and we have the ultimate example. We're going to get to that. All right. And, and Christ says, Herein, by you doing this, is my Father glorified, that ye bear just a little bit of fruit. No. You don't get to choose how much you bear. It's not, it's not optional. God doesn't say, well, I don't expect... Uh, now, listen, I know there's some 60, some 30, some 60, and some 100. There are, there are levels of which we can. Your level, though, should be maxed out. And that's as much as you can do. Right? That's as much as you do all that God commands you to do, even at a young age. So if somebody at a young age, like, like some of these young ones here, take up their cross, follow Jesus Christ, they're baptized into the gospel kingdom, but they got a lot to learn. You don't expect them to do a lot in this kingdom at that age. They, they may bear 30. They may bear 34, but they're doing all they can. You know, if, if mom and dad bring them to church every Sunday, that's one thing they have to be a mom and dad to do. But if mom and dad don't, then guess what? The little child may not bear fruit that Sunday, but it's not really their fault. But if they're there, then they're bearing all they can. And they may, be, they don't, may not understand the Scripture. They may not understand the songs they're singing. Lord, how delightful it is to see whole assembly worship Thee. At once they sing, at once they pray. They may be thinking something totally different, <laughs> but they're doing all they can. They're bearing their fruit. Now, as they get older and learn more, that fruit goes up. But it's as much as they can bear. So somebody older in the church, like me and, 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 and you know, the rest of older ones here, uh, 
There, there is more fruit to bear because it, 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 it aligns with understanding. So, so Christ says, my Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. This is a, this is a, a direct relationship to discipleship. How much we serve God is a, is, is a direct light on what kind of disciples we are. How much fruit we bear is a direct light on, how much, on what kind of disciples. And it is a direct light on exactly how we feel about Christ. Exactly how we feel. Uh, I, listen, I've been exposed many times by my Lord. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a scripture over in the book of Hebrews that, uh, that Paul talks about Jesus Christ uh, being the Word. He said he is a, <clears throat> the Word of God is quick. That is, that doesn't mean fast. I mean, he can work as quick as he wants to. <laughs> but he is a living spirit. He is quick and he is powerful. And he does not need your permission to do this work. He is quick and is powerful, and he is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, if a two-edged sword can pierce your flesh, when somebody was, to, if somebody, you know, that's that was the weapon. I know it sounds kind of gross, but if somebody takes a two-edged sword and they go through you, there's not a lot there to defend from it, is there? So is the spirit of God in the new birth. There's nothing there to defend. The sinner says, "I can stop it." No, you can't. So this word of God is a quick, powerful, sharper than two-edged sword. And he pierces asunder to the soul and the spirit. In other words, he fillets us open. It is a fillet to the joints and the marrow. And what is at the end of this? That now your thoughts and the intents of your heart are discerned or understood. You didn't know it till then. You know what you were until this laying open before God. <clears throat> so when when that when that word does that, you know what he follows up with? He follows up with this. He follows up with the living with the with the written word. The living word comes first, the written word comes second. Now everything that he fillets open in us exposes ourselves to ourselves and others. Say, I, I'm exposed to you. If, if I was to tell you that, uh, and those of you who know me wouldn't know this is kind of silly. If I was to say, listen, I love to golf. Love it. I just, I just eat it up. And you say, you don't ever golf. <laughs> You're never on the links. You don't even own any clubs. I would expose myself as saying something that I really didn't mean. I may like golf, okay. I don't, I really don't, but you know, that's just something I, I thought of. But I might can watch it on television. But I am not going to go spend a lot of time on the links because I don't care that much about it. I really don't. So my words of saying I love golf did not fit my actions of not being out there. So my words, you can see in me, right? If I, if I say something to you and, it's, and I, then I do contrary to what I say to you, you're going to say, he, he really does not say what he means. And that's what, that's what God warns us against. You know, there is a, there's a scripture in the 7-8 Psalm. God says, they flatter me with their words. They speak. When they speak, they know what I want to hear. And they say exactly what I want to hear. And he says, but their heart is far from me. They don't follow up with the heart. Because this is a matter of the heart, y'all. This, this, this exposes the heart. The Son of God exposes the heart. Exposes everything in. All right. So, so, as this, so, so, as, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me... So have I loved you. Now notice what he says is, continue ye in my love. That tells me, if, now this, this does away with absolutism, doesn't it? Would Christ tell us to continue in something if he just going to predestinate us to do it? 
This is a discipleship scripture. This is your, but this is a proof of what's in your heart. If you continue in my love, Jesus said. In other words, if, 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 if you don't, now the word continue, I looked up the definition this morning uh, in, the, in the Bible, the, the Greek word, and it literally means without interruption, with no break points. You do not get, we do not get the option of putting off this love until a later date. You don't get the option of saying to the Lord Jesus Christ, one of these days I'm going to be a better servant to you. Right now, I'm good where I'm at. You don't get the option of saying, listen, I've got a... I'm fixing to go off to school, and and when I go to school, you know, even though I I know there may be a church or two close by, and, and it's not that far back home, but... You know, I want the I want the college life. I want to know that college life. I want I want to be a part of it. And I'm just going to stay on campus and 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 not attend my church till I graduate. You don't get the option. That is not continuing in the love of God. It is not. Uh, the you know we we have as Americans uh, in, in a in a country that we're so rich we we've we're so rich in in things. And we, we make such a big deal of things and how our life is and what we're going to establish ourselves, what kind of house we're going to live in, how much we're going to have, that simply it is easy to put away the Word of God. Because when others do it, it makes it easier for us to do. Now there is a continuing that will keep us from doing it. And, and if, if, if listen, when, <laughs> when I was uh, working for TVA, it is not always the best to be the youngest and the skinniest on the job. It's not always the best. And that, that's normally what I was. I, I was never, uh, I was always very thin, thin enough to fit in places that most of those men could not fit in. So guess who gets to go into all the manholes that are, you know, that are they're about as wide as, as this little circle up here. I don't know how in the world or who they made those for. Because the, there's 95% of the people who work at TVA could not fit in there. So guess who gets to go down into the manhole in about eight inches of water looking for a cable and a whole cable tray of high voltage cables up to 480 volts that I'm handling cables, running my hands down because somebody's pulling the other end or I'm running a tracer down it, standing in water thinking, this isn't smart. <laughs> but guess who gets to go down? It's, it's, it's me. And it's, and it's always musty and, and hot down there in the summertime. There's always somebody standing at the man. You've got to have somebody to man it. Somebody's got to watch you do your work. That if, that if you pass out, then, then somebody's got to get, get down there and get you. You hope there's somebody else skinny on the job because some of these places, most of these folks are not going to be able to get to you. <clears throat> and while you're there, and you think, I'm sweating, I'm hot, and we're, you know, we're, we're close Let's finish this while I'm here. Inevitably, if it takes longer, the guy standing up at the, at the, uh, at the hole says, come on out, Lofton, we're going to go take a break. Now, I'm, I'm all for breaks. Don't get me, that's, that's not what this is about. Now, I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm not down. What I'm saying is, when you're hot and you're sweaty, you want to finish what you start. Because once you go cool off, you do not want to get back down there again. I go get in an air-conditioned room, get my water, and my muscles get cold, and I dread going back down in that hole. I don't want to go. Where if I'd have stayed, I would have finished the job that I was supposed to do. If it took an extra 30 minutes, they could have waited on me. Just, just give me a little time. But, you know, come on out. We're going to go. Well, you got you to come out because they can't leave you in there. So finishing something was best because it, once you get cold, it's easier not to want to go back and do it again. And that's the same way that it is spiritually. Once you are spiritually cold, it is easy to give up and say, I just don't want to do this anymore. So to continue in some, that's why Paul said when we run a race, Paul did, and, and that, that's a part of that. There is no breaks in that race. There's no breaks in it. There's, there's no... There's no waiting till later. So when, when you continue in the love of Christ, 
Then Christ says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Now notice, notice the results of this. If you continue in my love, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in His love. Who is the example here? It is the Son of God. Did the Son of God ever put the Father off and say, Later on, God, I will, I'm, going to, I'm going to work and do what I was sent to do. But not right now. Not right now. The Son of God did always those things that pleased the Father. And listen, you're a sinner and He was not. But that's, that is no excuse to sin. <clears throat> that is no excuse for this. Just because we're sinners does not give us an excuse to sin. That's why Paul said, speaking of continuing... Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid the thought that any wretched, vile, poor, miserable sinner who has a hope that Jesus Christ has borne his sins can say, that gives me the permission to continue in them. I, I I can relish in my sins. Paul said, no, 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 no. No, do not continue in sin. You can't do that. Oh, I can't get the rest of that scripture. I'm going to have to move on. But it's over in the book, uh, sixth chapter of the book of Romans. Uh, go and read that scripture. In fact, oh, what he says was that know ye not that as many as, uh, as of you who have this hope in Christ, or how, how can you have this hope in Christ be a servant to sin? So what you continue in, you're a servant of. And all of us are servants to something. Every one of us serves something. You say, I don't know what I serve. It's whatever you continue in. And that, some things are good. I do not want my wife to not continue to be my wife. That would be bad for me. And I, and I don't want her to say, Loft, uh, Kevin run off and left me and I'm no longer her husband. I want to continue to be her husband. That's something I don't want to give up. I want to, uh, I want to continue... You know, to, to be a father to my children until I die. You know, there, there's, a, there's a death do us part in our, in our in, in yours too if you're married, there's a death do us part between me and gender. What is, what is the only thing that God really gives in the Scriptures that severs this tie? That's death. It's the same way with church. It's the same way with your service to God. The only thing that would ever sever you from your discipleship it's when you can't do it anymore, and that's death. Or you have the physical inability to do it. When we talked about that woman yesterday, remember the, 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 the woman who was brought to the church? She was crippled up with, uh, with, with arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, could not extend her hands, could not extend her arms. They said she was like curled up like a peanut. Her legs were up under her chin. But every Sunday, she commanded the men of that church to come get her load her up on a board, place her in a van, set her across three pews so she can hear the gospel preached. That's discipleship. That's what that looks like. That's continuing in the love of God. And that woman is dead now, and so she can't do that anymore, but my goodness, is she not praising him much better. All right, so, so, this, so it starts out with, with the love of God. All right, let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. All right. So Jesus Christ says, listen, when, when, you, when you kind of break down scriptures, they're pretty easy to understand. <clears throat> 28th verse. Jesus said to them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. My Father hath not left me alone. Now notice. For I do always those things that please Him. That should be our objective. Again, we should not say, because I'm a sinner, I don't want to please the Lord. We should say, because I'm a sinner saved, I want to please the Lord. As He spake these words, many believed on Him. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, notice who he's talking to, this is specific. If ye 
continue in my belief? No. If you continue in my word, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. And he does not say disciples and stop. He says my disciples indeed. And that puts a, a greater emphasis on the, on the amount of love an individual has for the Lord Jesus Christ. For people to continue in the Word of God, they have to give up some things. Christ commands it. Christ commands that, uh, that any, anything that would hinder your continuance, you give it up. You say, that's harsh. That's hard. It is. But that's the commandments of Christ. And that is a disciple indeed. If you are a disciple indeed, and you continue in the Word of God, you, you, you continue in the love of God... Lofton has to lose. It, this, is, this is so contrary to most of the gospel being preached today. The feel good, uh, what, what Brother Chris said, you name it and claim it. You know, that, that, kind, of, uh, that kind of gospel, the, the, uh, the prosperity gospels of everything's hunky-dunky, everything's glorious, and, and your life is yours to do what you want to. You just, you know, you, you, you give Christ a little bit here. and He's okay with that. That is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of God said, now let's, let's move on. Well, no, let's, let's continue here until I get done with this. All right. <clears throat> if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Now notice the result of this. Notice the result of continuing in the word of God and being a disciple indeed. Just like, just like uh, Nathaniel was an Israelite indeed. God, uh, Christ said concerning him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, that is one of my true children, in whom there's no guile. Christ knew his heart. He didn't have no guile in his heart. An Israelite indeed. Uh, so my disciples indeed. He says, Ye, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We usually don't attach this first scripture to that, do we? Most primitive Baptist preachers will say, concerning the gospel, You'll know the truth, and the truth's going to make you free. That Once you understand sovereign grace, then that's all that's really necessary in life, isn't it? That's not what Jesus is saying here. The Son of God is saying, you may know the doctrine of sovereign grace, and it's a good one indeed. But what's going to attach you to it and give you the assurance that it is yours is this first part. If ye continue in my word, you're my disciple. The result of discipleship is what? The visitation of God. You'll know the truth that you are a child of God and elect. That you're called of God. Peter knew this. That's why Peter wrote in Second Peter chapter 1. If these things be in you and they abound, they make you that you are neither barren nor unfruitful. If you're not barren and not unfruitful, guess what you're doing? You're bearing fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100. What's the result of that? Wherefore, the diligent, give diligent, brethren, to make your calling and your election, election sure. Is that sure to God? Would anybody say that God needs assurance of who He is saved? No, absolutely not. Lofton needs that assurance. How does Lofton get the assurance? Continuing in the Word of God. Yesterday, I was assured. I felt assurance yesterday when, when the brother was preaching or when we were singing and I felt the Spirit of God. I mean, I was assured. And that, that is the greatest joy. That, there, money cannot buy assurance. It's not attached to assurance. Christ is the only thing that gives us assurance. It is the result of discipleship that ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, shall be freed of all doubts, fears, worries, concerns. Because guess what happens? They come again. You say, I don't ever have any. How, not, how do you not? Are you a sinner? I do not, what I'm not, I'm not saying here that I want you to doubt of the, uh, of the work of Christ. What I'm saying here is that if, if discipleship is not followed, 
There's no way in the world that we can have that assurance. Not the assurance. <clears throat> it, is, uh, it is by fruitfulness. They make you that you should be neither barren nor unfruitful. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. And that word abundantly more, more than one time. Into the kingdom of God. How about that? God simply opens the doors. The sinner walks in, sits down. The Son of God girds himself and feeds the sinner with the bread of life. He, he eats bread and he drinks wine at the table of Christ. <clears throat> so, the, so this is a, a continue in my a word, then are you disciples indeed. Now, in the we find this also in the book of First uh, Kings. All right, let's go to the book of First Kings. Chapter 10. Now notice, this, uh, this man, Solomon, who is the richest and most wise man on the earth at this time. That there's, a, there's a queen of Sheba who comes, she comes a great distance. Now, now, this is one of the people that Jesus Christ uses to condemn the Jews for their lack of discipleship. This, this woman here is one of the people that Jesus Christ uses to condemn the Jews for their lack of discipleship. Christ said, the Queen of Sheba is going to rise up in judgment against you. Against you. Because she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. I am greater than Solomon, Jesus says. I am greater than Solomon, and you won't even listen to me. I'm greater than Solomon, you turn your backs on me. I am greater than Solomon, I tell you I make you a feast, you make your excuses. They all, with one consent, began to make excuses. One of them says, i got a piece of land, i got to go take care of it. The other says, i got five yoke of oxen, i got to go work and prove them. The other says, married me a wife, got to go take care of her. It's always our possessions, our work, and our family. We're no different than they are. No different than they are. This woman came from the uttermost parts to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, I am greater than he. And that still holds true today. The Son of God is greater than any man on this earth. He's greater than me. He is greater than you. Now, notice her conclusion. <clears throat> when she went to see the king and she heard, and she said, I can't believe this is true until I saw this in my own eyes. Behold, the half was not told of thy glory. Listen, when, when, you, when you get to see the real king in his glory, nobody can tell you half of it until you experience it yourself. <clears throat> she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard of my own land, of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believe not the words till I came. My eyes have seen it. Behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceeded, exceedeth the fame which I heard. Now listen to this. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom. She knew that these people that were in the presence of Solomon and continually stood before the king did not deviate from his words, did not deviate from his commands, gave themselves up to the service of this king. What did they lose? They lost something but they gained something greater, didn't they? They gained happiness. Do you remember at the end of John 15? Remember what Christ says? These things I have written unto you. Why? That your, my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. Sounds like happiness is involved there too. Happy is the man that continually stands before and serves you as a king. That's wonderful. That is a wonderful thing to consider. That, that our, you know, our spiritual happiness depends on our discipleship. It depends on, it depends on us continually being before the king. It continues on, continues on us losing. So, so the Son of God in the... Uh, let's go to the 12th chapter of John's Gospel. All right. We're going we're gonna to kind of put a... Uh, <clears throat> we're going to put an exclamation point on what I just what I just been reading to you. All right. 
In John chapter 12, he that, uh, 25, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And that's, that's, that's just the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. If, now, now, listen, this doesn't contradict the voice of the Apostle Peter and says, He that loveth life and see good days. In fact, it, this, this it projects that to a greater life. He that loveth his life shall lose it, but he that hateth his life in this world, whatever in this world that would keep you from being a disciple of Christ, what, what would keep If Jesus Christ were here today, if, if he was literally in the flesh today, and he commanded the congregation, this is what I want you to do. This is my command to you. First of all, you give up your life for me. Does that mean you've got to quit being a daddy? No, it doesn't. You'll never find that in the Bible. Does that mean you've got to quit being a mama? Nope. Does it mean you've got to, got to quit your job? Does not. No, no, no. You're commanded to work six days. We forget about that part. As much as <laughs> much we, we, uh, we, we think, we, we quote that, God commands us to do that. Does that mean you've got to quit being a friend? No. It just changes the way you're a friend. It changes the way you're a father. It changes the way that you're a mother. It changes the way you're a child. <clears throat> if Christ commanded you today to take up your cross, your burden, it's, it's a burden. It's a burden to the flesh. The Lord does not deny that. He doesn't deny that one, what, uh, whatsoever. <clears throat> if you take up your cross, you profess me as your only God and Savior, as your only rule of faith and practice. You yield yourself to my service. You be baptized in my name, in my Father's name, and in the Holy Spirit's name. You affix yourself to this body of believers at Buffalo Church. You continue in my word by continuing in my love until you die. In other words, you be my disciple. Who would say, that's not for me? Who would tell Jesus Christ, listen, they did that. I've often thought, if, if, if Christ was on this earth today, would we react different? And I, my conclusion is no. No. We would not. I still think there would be events. If the Lord was going to be somewhere preaching the gospel, listen, he didn't have a lot of, sometimes he didn't have but just a few crowd, just a little bit. Sometimes they, sometimes, sometimes people heard him, they just walked away from him, say, he's hard, I don't want to hear this anymore. This affects me too much. I do not want to do it. If the Son of God told you today to do that, how many of you would say, okay, I am going to do whatever the Son of God tells me to do, and I'm going to do it diligently, and I'm going to do it willingly, and I'm going to give my life for this man, just like he says here, I'm going to lose it for the Son of God. And it's going to affect the way I act when I leave here. I'm not going to be a disciple for an hour and a half on Sunday morning. When I leave here, I'm going to try to spread this light. I'm going to let this light shine. I want others to see and glorify the Father which is in heaven. I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to be a part of the Buffalo Church. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a disciple of Christ. I'm going to continue in His Word. I'm going to study it. I'm going to pray. I'm going, to, going to attend. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship until I die. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. You know what Jesus says to people like that? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter ye into what? The joy of the Lord. That is what's behind all of this. That is the result. It, it, the prize has got to be worth the effort. If the prize is not worth the effort, then the effort won't be given. That's why I don't golf. <laughs> what would be my prize? Well, my prize might be if I won a tournament, I might get $150. That's not worth it to me. To put all that effort into trying to, try, trying to win a tournament or a bass tournament, you know, I, I like to fish, love to fish, really. Not worth it to me to be a professional bass fisherman. I, I don't really care about it that much. 
There's a lot I don't care about that much. There's a lot I care about a whole lot that you probably don't care about. But there's one thing that we should care about and have in common, and that is what we're doing today. That is our Savior and our God. And if a man will lose his life for the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto what? Life eternal. Does it sound conditional to you? Or does it sound like the assurance that Christ gives? Because notice what he says. If any man serve me, let him follow me. If you want to say a servant of Jesus Christ, that person is going to follow Jesus Christ. You say, well, he's not on the earth. He don't have to be. He's left us his word. Remember, if you continue at my word, you are my disciple. A disciple is, is, is a follower. They are somebody who follows the leader. There is only one leader. That's Jesus Christ. All right? Your best you can do is mimic the leader. If you mimic the leader, then others may follow you. If, 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 uh, if, if, and if they do, then they're following something right. If you mimic the leader. The word disciple means to adhere. You know what? You know what's on the back of a piece of tape? Somebody says, uh, uh, will, this, will this piece of tape adhere to this wall? Is it going to stick to it? Is it going to be there? Are you going to stick to Jesus Christ? That's what discipleship means. To adhere to, to stick to. David said concerning the Lord, he said, I have stuck to thy testimonies. What you have given in my heart, what you have written in here, I stick to it. I'm like a piece of tape. <laughs> I'm, I'm so stuck to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, there, there's nobody going to separate me from following my Lord. That's what David was speaking. So, if any man serve me, let him follow me, that where I am, there shall my servant be. Now, now what is the result of discipleship? And any, if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now, that does not mean that God's going to bow down to you and, 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 and say, what a wonderful person you are. I'm just grateful to be in your presence. That is not how God honors. He honors us with His presence. He honors us with a assurance, with the power of His Spirit, with a demonstration of like we felt this weekend. And, and, and uh, you know, what, he, what the Lord gives, and which that's what you know, Christ says in, in, uh, in the 14th chapter of John's Gospel. If any man loveth me, he will keep my commandments. And he that loveth me, guess what? I will love, my Father will love him, we will come unto him, and we will manifest ourselves unto him. It don't sound like he's giving eternal life, does it? Sounds like he's manifesting the life that's in him. Sounds like he's honoring with his presence. Sounds like the Son of God and the Father is honoring the individual who has lost his life, who, who, who esteems the things of Christ, as Moses esteemed the, tre- uh, the, uh, the things of Christ greater than the treasures of Egypt or the sufferings of Christ. That's, what, that's what, uh, what the Word says. That when a man is willing to suffer for the sufferings of Christ and give up the treasures around him. You say, well, there are so many treasures. There are. If you like them and, 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 they, and that is what you want, then that's probably what you're going to serve. Go get them, but guess what you're going to lose? You're going to lose. Son of God says you're going to lose. But He doesn't tell you what, does He? He doesn't say, oh, it's just going to be a little bit of a, of a hiding in the face. Because you might say it's worth it. I might say it's worth it. It is not worth it. Now, there is a, there is a greater purpose than our own. What, 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 let, me, let me rephrase it. That... For us, as a church at Buffalo, the Son of God has got to be our prize. Paul said that he lost, that he uh, he gave up all things that he might win the prize. You say, well, he had eternal life. Paul Paul preached about adoption. He preached about election. He preached about predestination. He preached about you know uh, being preserved in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why in the world would the apostle Paul want to win Christ as a prize? Because he needed him. Listen, we he's not a fairy tale. Like Brother, Brother Chris preached fri- uh, uh, Friday night. He's not a fairy tale. He's real. The Son of God is a real Savior, a personal Savior. But he expects 
to be exalted above everything else. And every one of them. And every child of God. And every child. He expects to be exalted. That's why Paul said, set your affection on things that are above, not on things of this earth. Well, guess, guess where Christ is right now? He's above, isn't he? Remember Jesus said, if any man will serve me, he will, he, he will be where I am. He will be where I am. The, uh, but ultimately, ultimately, a continuance in, in, the, in, in the Word of God, uh, we find in the book of, of Romans. Let's, let's, let's go. We're going we're gonna to draw this to a close. Because this, this is what frightens me. And, it, and, it, and, and God tells me to be frightened by it. It's one thing to consider it, but it's, it's another thing when God tells you to fear. When God tells you to fear about something, there, that's, that's important. You better take in consideration what He's telling you to fear about. Because this affects now not just our community, this affects our nation. Yes, it does. All right. Paul, and listen, this is, a, this is a deep, rich book. And this is a deep, rich chapter. The 11th chapter of the gospel, of, of, the, uh, of the book of Romans. All right. So Paul is telling why God has unchurched the Jews. That is, Paul is telling the Gentiles, this is the reason why they do not have the church. They don't have the kingdom. Jesus Christ said himself, I am going to take the kingdom away from you and I'm going to give it to another people. Because why? Because they bear fruit. Right? They bear fruit. This is why the Gentiles, this is why you and I have the gospel today. This is why the Jews do not. That's why the Jews are still stuck in trouble. They're still their their nation is is, is constant turmoil. They, you know they they get they get rocked and bombed all the time. You know the, the the judgment of God on them is still today. There are there are judgments in the Bible that God has never lifted off certain people or certain nations that still go on today. Never has been lifted, and it proves it's proof. <clears throat> Paul is warning them about this. And he says in the 16th verse, If those first fruits, which were the Jews and the Lord's people under that, if it's holy and the root be holy, so are the branches. But if some of those branches were broken off, and you or thou being a wild olive tree, Gentiles not associated with the covenants under the old law, were grafted in to the gospel kingdom. If you are grafted in among them and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, which is Christ, and the root of that, that's what upholds us. This is a, that Christ is a root. A root shall grow out of the ground, Isaiah says. He says, do not boast against the branches, but if thou boast, understand this, you do not bear the root, it's the root that bears thee. Thou will say then, the branches were broken off, those Jewish people, that the church was taken away from them and given to me that I, that I was grafted in. He says, well, that's correct. Because of their unbelief, they simply did not believe the words that Christ says. They didn't believe what he was saying in the gospel. They didn't believe about discipleship. They didn't believe about continuance. They didn't believe about giving up their lives. They just did exactly what they wanted to. They did exact, and, and they got what they wanted. Which wasn't good. Because of unbelief they were broken off. And you, thou standest by faith. But now listen to this. Do not be high minded as if to think that we're special people. But fear. Why, why would God tell the church at Rome who has all these doctrinal points before them to fear? Because if God spared not the natural branches, if he cut those Jews off, hid his face, and, and that nation was in and still is in turmoil today, and it was going to be, unless God changes, unless, unless some of this comes to pass that he talks about in here, which, which can happen. All right? If God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold. Therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. God's a severe God when it comes to His judgments. Severe when it comes to His judgments. Good 
when it comes to his mercy. He was merciful to the Gentiles, gives us the gospel, and says you continue in it. On them which fail, severity, but toward thee, goodness. If, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. Now if you, thought, if you don't think that is a, a fearful thing, then you don't get exactly what I'm trying to say, nor understand the severity of God in this judgment. Just look at the nation of the Jews. Look at what, look at what happened to them. Look at the destruction of Jerusalem. Look how many years they were just they were in confusion. Look at all the things that they that they go through because they denied the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. They didn't continue in it. Paul says that if we don't, if we don't, we can be broken off. We can be cast out. What happens to America when the church leaves leaves America? What happens? Wherever God's name is and wherever his religion is, is an important place to be. Been here for 200 and something years. Folks have, folks have died for what you and I get to do today. Back, you know, back when, the, when, when the, in, in the book of Acts it says, after the 3,000 were, were converted, were baptized, they did what God commanded, right? 3,000 people were baptized in one, in one day. It says they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and their fellowship. They continued in it. And, and they were held before kings, and they were held before courts. We get to do it freely with nobody telling us not to do it. What if they did? What if they told you not? What if somebody was out here this morning? What if the government sent people out here and said, you do not enter in that house? Would you say, okay, I'm, I'm all right. I got something to do at the house anyways. Or would you say, I'm, I'm going to serve God? That's what, that's what the early disciples did. They did not give it up. They did it in the face of danger. We ought not to volunteer to it. May God grant us all the grace to keep this kingdom like Brother Chris talked about yesterday. To serve in it, to serve our God, to serve our Savior. So that this church right here will be here for our children, our children's children, and, our, and, and, and after that, until we die, until you die. Till death do you part. Come, take your cross, follow Jesus Christ. You will not regret it. You will not regret The benefits exceed money. They exceed fame. They exceed trophies. They, they exceed exaltations from men. You get the honor of God. You get to be honored by the presence of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. You get the fellowship of the saints. You get what we had this weekend. Come on. And you get to take communion something that we are continuing to do, what we're commanded of Christ. As long as you do this, you, do show, you show forth my death till I come. That's a continuance, right? Now, we get to enter into that. And may God bless that part of our service. May God richly bless Buffalo Pruning Baptist Church and, uh, and bless each and every one of us.